Hello, welcome to the Joshua Generation Sermon of the Week. I hope and pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this sermon and encounter God in a new way. God bless you. All right, let's go to the Word of God now and uh, we will turn to John chapter number 16. John chapter number 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. I will move very quickly so that we can catch up on time. John chapter number 16, verse 13. Jesus speaking to his disciples in verse 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Let's go now to Galatians chapter 5, and let's pick up from verse 13, uh, 16. Galatians chapter number 5, we read from verse 16 to 25. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies, evil, murders, drunkenness, revelry, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires, or with its passions and desires. Let's read together verse 25 at a count of three. One, two, three, read. I want you to read it louder and boldly if you can. One, two, three, read. Let all the men in the house read it as loud as you can. One, two, three, read. And all the ladies, one, two, three, read. Great. I'll speak to you on a subject. Live in the spirit. Live in the spirit. The... Bible is very categorical in 1st Thessalonians chapter number 5 verse 23 and you have probably encountered this in your foundational teachings if you've been through foundational class you have heard it taught that man is a tripartite being you are a tripartite being meaning that there are three parts to you or a trilogy as some would put it uh, simply put you are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. You are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Could you repeat that to your neighbor for me? 
uh, some have already forgotten. You are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Say it now properly. Okay? So you are made of spirit, soul, and body. Those are three critical parts to who you are as a person or as a human being. The body is the dimension through which we contact the tangible. The body is the dimension through which we contact the tangible. So using the five senses, we are in a body which is a housing that enables us to contact the physical realm. So the tangible and the physical realm is experienced by means of us having a body. And of course, the soul is that which is the dimension of, uh, we could say the psychological dimension, which enables us to interact with the psychological components to our being, which includes your mind, your emotions, and your will. Your mind, which relates to how you think, your emotion, which relates to your feelings, and your will, which relates to your choices or the decisions that you make. So your body gives you contact with the tangible and the physical things. Your soul gives you contact with the psychological things, your mind, your emotions, and your will. The spirit, on the other hand, gives us contact with the spiritual realm. It is by the spirit that we have communion and fellowship with God and are able to have a relationship with him. That is why we receive Christ or we receive God by the Spirit. It is by the Spirit that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is by the Spirit that you communicate with God. And true to that, it is also by the Spirit that God dwells in you. So you do not just communicate with God, but you can also contain him because his spirit dwells on the inside of you. Our spirit is the deepest and highest part of our being, right? Our spirit is the deepest and highest part of our being. You have your body, your soul, but the spirit becomes the highest part of our being because we are spirit beings first more than anything else. The body is just a housing. It is the container of the spirit. But primarily, you are a spirit being. You are made in the likeness and image of God. And through the spirit, you have communion with him. You can relate with him. You have fellowship with God. And that is why it is important for us as believers to understand that whilst we are here on earth and are using the body as the housing that gives us legal identity here on earth, our truest identity or our highest dimension, the, true, uh, the highest dimension to identity is our spirit, us being spirit beings. And the Bible tells us that the spirit and the flesh, which could be represented by the body, are always in contrast with each other. What the spirit wants, the body does not want. What the body or the flesh wants, the spirit does not want. So there's the continuous tug of war, the flesh and the body, the flesh and the body. And in Galatians chapter number five, the Bible elaborately now gives us a distinction between the subsequent results of each of those two parts. So it says, the results of or the fruits of the flesh are evident, adultery, fornication, and so on and so forth. But it also then gives us the fruits of the dimension of the Holy Spirit, the, the dimensions of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, and so on and so forth. The point to understand here this afternoon is that as God has designed you, your greatest commitment must be to live in the highest dimension of your being, which is the spirit. And unfortunately, we are in a generation and a time where people have lost that. To the extent that being in the spirit can even be used to ridicule someone. When someone is saying something, 
you will hear people say, you, you are being in the spirit. You, too much of being in the spirit. You have to come down to earth. If you are a spirit being, everything about you must be spiritual. You cannot be apologetic about being spiritual. So you should never feel mocked. You should never feel intimidated by those that want to make you feel like being in the spirit is wrong. That is your truest and highest dimension of your being. God designed you to be a spirit man. You see, when you live in your highest level, you can overcome everything that life brings to you. You need to understand that life's battles are won in the spirit. Life's battles are won in the spirit. So if you're going to live a victorious life, you must live in the spirit. Yes, you have a body, but that should not dictate the standards of your life. The spirit in you must be what determines the standards of your life. That is why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers, and powers of the darkness. You need to know that the different dimensions of battles you are fighting, you do not fight them by when you are angry with somebody, you, you post on social media and tell them off. No, 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 no. That's a lower, that's a shallow level of fighting. The highest dimension you can ever use to fight any battle of life is by the Spirit. May God give you a revelation to know how to fight in the Spirit in the name of Jesus. So, your soul and your body can easily be corrupted and polluted based on what they feed on. And that is why there is a shallow dimension to use as a standard for your life. Your body and your soul can easily be polluted and corrupted based on what they feed on. And that is why it is dangerous for you to live based on your soul and your body. Because your body or your flesh will see things. And based on what it sees, it will respond. Your body and flesh will hear things. And based on what it hears or what your soul hears, it may become emotional based on that, in response. So it's reactive to the things that it sees. But the truest nature that must come out of you is the nature of the spirit. Very quickly, two points here and we'll be done. Number one, you are designed to be a carrier of God's holy presence. You are designed to be a carrier of God's holy presence. Media, could you put 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 16? 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 16. All right, verse 16 and 17, and I want us to read together. One, two, three, reads. Dwells where? Dwells where? All right, verse 17. Which temple you are? You are the temple of God. Romans 12, verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I beseech you, brethren, to present your bodies as a holy sacrifice, holy and acceptable before the Lord. All right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable sacrifice. So it is very clear that the reason why you are a spirit being is so that you can be the container of God's holy presence here on earth. You are a carrier of God's presence. Could you help me announce to your neighbor that I am a carrier of God's presence? No, just say it. Even if you don't believe it, just say it. 
I know some of you are saying, mm, with all the things I've been doing, I am not sure. But just declare it. There's power in declaration. Could you say it one more time? I am a carrier of God's presence. You must consciously live with that as a believer. You must consciously live with that as a believer. 24 hours, 7 days a week. You must know that you are designed to carry God's holy presence. And everything about your life must be yielded to carry that presence. Everything about your life must be yielded to contain the very presence of God. And that is why if you live in the flesh, you cannot fulfill the greatest design that God made you for, to be his carrier, the carrier of his presence. And today is an important day to remind believers, especially the generation of young people, that the very things that must be meant to preserve us, to give us eternal life, are things that the world is mocking and we have yielded to let the world dictate to us what it looks like or what it should be like. But I want to challenge you this afternoon that you must never be apologetic for what God designed you for. You are a carrier of his presence. And I pray for you right now that may wherever you go be a place where you carry God's presence in the name of Jesus. That when you show up, you are showing up not of yourself, but showing up as a carrier of the presence of God. Things that must give way to the presence of God must give way because you are there. You cannot be there and things are the same. You cannot be there and the effect of God's presence is not being felt. Today, there's a new grace that will come upon your life. You will carry God's presence like never before. You will not need to only carry it on Sunday, but may every day of your life be a day when you are on your assignment of carrying God's presence. You'll be at work carrying God's presence. In your family, carrying God's presence. Wherever you are, may God's presence be with you in the name of Jesus. Living in the spirit gives us the highest level of life's fulfillment. And unfortunately, not so many are doing that. We are living in the dimension of the flesh. The world dictating to us the standards. The world telling us how it must be like. When you live in the spirit, my second point now, is that living in the spirit results in the manifestation of godly characteristics and fruits. Living in the spirit results in the manifestation of godly characteristics and fruits. Now, this is very important because I told you that there is always a battle between the spirit and the flesh. What the flesh wants, the spirit does not want. What the spirit wants, the flesh does not want. So there's a continuous battle. But one must be greater than the other. And the deal is that the Holy Spirit must be greater, dominating and leading what your soul and your body responds to. But you need to know that you have to yield to the Holy Spirit for him to take charge. The Holy Spirit will not impose himself on you. You must yield. That is why we sang that song. To yield to him so that you can lay down your old flames and carry a new fire. It takes yielding to encounter the Holy Spirit's leading for your life. And that is what uh, John chapter number 16 verse 13 now tells us. When he comes, Jesus speaking to his disciples, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Because you must live life based on truth. The Holy Spirit comes as a provision to guide your life into every form of truth. That is why when you live life in the Spirit, 
the answers to some of the issues that cause confusion in life is obvious. You have believers today that don't know the answers to the most obvious and basic things. That for us to determine whether it's right or not, there has to be a debate. It is not necessary. We were not called to be debaters. We were called to be witnesses of Christ. To manifest the very nature and presence of God. So as to whether kissing before marriage is right or wrong is not a subject of debate. It is not a debate topic. The answer is obvious when you live in the spirit. So when you are dealing with certain things and you find yourself trying to debate, just know that there is an issue. The issue is not the debated topic. The issue is how yielded are you to the Holy Spirit. Because it says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. Jesus speaking to his disciples again. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. So there's a conviction that happens when you walk in the Spirit. There is a conviction that happens on the inside of you. That what is acceptable before God will be acceptable for you. What is not acceptable will not be acceptable for you. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies as a holy sacrifice, or as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God. Today we have youths that want to debate everything. We have youths that have left the standards of their life to be determined by the world systems. But I pray that this is the generation of them that are led by the Spirit of God, that are carriers of God's presence. And what is acceptable before God is our standard in the name of Jesus. We should not even be debating about what is the right dressing and what is not. Imagine, we have believers that are debating about the appropriate dressing or not. When the Spirit of God is producing the right fruits in you, you will not have to struggle about the right dress code. You will not have to, you see, even before the Holy Spirit convicts you, certain dressing shows you that there is something wrong. And some of you even have the guts to come to church dressed like that. If you are going to dress up, and then you're spending the whole time walking, but you're busy pulling things. It shows you there's something wrong. You don't need the revelation. You don't need someone to prophesy to you. Why do you keep pulling it down? You must dress comfortably and glorify God, full stop. But if it's taking your time, there is a problem. You have believers today who dress anyhow. They just see this fashion from the world and they adopt it. And things are protruding everywhere. For the sake of peace, I will not mention, but things are protruding everywhere. You come to church, instead of coming with the presence of God, you are carrying a spirit of lust. When people see you, you fire up a spirit of lust. Instead of brothers worshipping, you are putting them choir because of your dressing. <laughs> brothers came to encounter God. You are the one that we came to encounter your love. Brother confused, al man. The mind is thinking something else. He just forgot that he was singing about encountering the love of God. From today, ladies, you will not put any man choir. May your dressing glorify God. Are we together? Ladies, are we together? Men also must dress modestly and appropriately. It is not just the girls. Even the men must dress properly. There has to be a decency, an order, an excellence that depicts God. When you come 
to church, people should not be wondering, is she going to a church or to a nightclub? We should know you have come to church and everything about you glorifies God. Not you have a boxer that you've been wearing for three days and you want to put your trousers here. Ah, Taiwe. We will be known as the youths who dress in a manner that glorifies God. We will not allow our dressing to be a free billboard for the devil to advertise last. That's where you must say amen and pull it properly again. But make sure next Sunday you don't come with it. Imagine, we now give ushers work to always carry these things, the purple clothes, because there are people that are not yielded to the Holy Spirit. So you come to church, but dinda dinda vintu so. And then the ushers have to tell you, yes, I need to say all those things so that you know that it's happening. I know you wanted me to say, God will bless you this year. No. Go and change your dressing this year. Say amen. Yeah. That's a powerful word. Right there. Before you encounter the God factor, encounter a transformation at a personal level. By the time the God factor is hitting you, everything about your life must be in order. We will not pretend. We know what is happening. Yeah? We know what is happening. People come looking humble in the house of God. But behind the scenes, oh, there are movies being manufactured there. Not even elderly people can watch it. But these kids know all the moves. I mean breakdance moves. What are you thinking about? And then now when things go bad, you want us to come and cancel you. Cancel what? We just cancel you. You are cancelled backwards. All those things can be avoided when we yield to the Holy Spirit and live life by the Holy Spirit. We will not allow our flesh to overtake us. We will not allow our souls to be the things that lead us. It's very simple. Anything that you want to kill, you must starve. Anything that you want to grow and build, you must feed. If you want the flesh to die, starve it. And if you want the spirit to come alive in your life, feed it. But the challenge is, we are spending less time feeding on things that will amplify the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and are feeding more on the things that will amplify the works of the flesh in our life. And so, you are a believer, but you are dealing with struggles. You've promised yourself, I'll never watch porn again. After one week, you go back. The next thing, you're addicted to masturbation again. Because you're not killing the flesh. When you commit, I like your silence, by the way. When you commit to killing the flesh, there has to be a replacement. The space that was occupied by the things that were feeding the, the flesh must now be occupied by the things that feed the spirit. So be very intentional about cultivating a culture at a personal level that brings the presence of God in your life. May your prayer life go to another level. May your passion for the word go to another level. You will study the Bible like you study more than anything else that you study. That you create an atmosphere of worship over your life. You don't have to wait to come to church. You wake up in the morning, let there be an atmosphere of worship. You are doing your things, let there be an atmosphere of worship. And you will not have your mind wandering, thinking about what you're not supposed to think about. Pastor, I am struggling with this thing. I don't know how to get out of it. Feed the spirit. Starve the flesh. That is why fasting is a very important aspect for a believer. Very important discipline 
that you must practice as a believer because it submits to the flesh and yields you to the workings of the Holy Spirit. Don't fast when the pastors announce the fast. Fast at any given point because it builds you up to be a man and a woman that lives by the, by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit results in the manifestation of the godly characteristics and fruits. And that is what God desires of you and me. That we are made in his likeness and image. The idea is that when the world sees you, they must experience the manifestation of godly character. They must experience the manifestation of the fruit of God. That's why it says there, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, self-control. When you are living by the Spirit, it does not mean that you will not be tempted. You will face temptation, but you have greater capacity to apply self-control because the Spirit is working on the inside of you. The reason why any type of temptation sweeps you off your feet is because you have not allowed the Spirit to be the one that leads you. It says, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Like I said, we will not be a generation that is subjected to debates. When you spend time reading the word of God, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, invested in intimate levels of prayer, there are things that the Spirit will convict you of. Some of them you don't even have to ask the pastor, is this right or wrong? The Spirit will convict you to know what is right, what is wrong. Your assignment is to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. If there is anything you can do for yourself this year, commit to learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of us are hearing all the other voices, but not the Holy Spirit. We are hearing what the world is saying. We are hearing what the news is saying. We are hearing what our friends are saying. But we are not hearing the voice of the, of, of the Holy Spirit. Comes from a place of submission. A place of quality time in prayer, in worship. You meditate in God's presence in silence and you wait upon the Holy Spirit to instruct you. When you are going into that relationship, you ask all your friends what they think about the guy, but you never ask the Holy Spirit. When you are accepting that job, you announce to everybody that you've been offered the job, but you never ask the Holy Spirit what is your position and guidance for me on this job? We are living life for granted, thinking that we have it all together. But what we really need is the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit. I tell you, Joshua generation, if you can yield to listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, your life will be preserved. Your life will be preserved. There are things you will not have to suffer because you are continuously yielded to the Holy Spirit. You need to master to obey the Holy Spirit's voice. It is not enough to just hear it, you need to obey it. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will convict you, but there is a disobedience that kicks in and opposes the very things or instructions that the Holy Spirit is instructing you. God is looking for people in our generation that are totally sold out to be led by the Holy Spirit. It says you are the temple of God. You are not of your own. And unfortunately, a lot of us behave like we are our own. We want to manage our own lives. We want to do it our own way. But truly, the one that knows the way for you is the Holy Spirit. And if you must go and arrive at your destiny, you need the Holy Spirit. If you must achieve and fulfill purpose, you need the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you must get into that purpose, live in longevity and prolonged life and good years, you need to submit to the yielding of the Holy Spirit. Don't let the devil deceive you 
that you are too smart to figure things on your own. And the fact that there are results does not mean that God is accepting it. You can be seeing results happening in your life, but as long as you're further away from the leading of the Holy Spirit, your life might just as well be headed for disaster. We talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, but very few have a true, genuine relationship with the Holy Spirit. Very few can say, I live my life every day walking with an awareness that everything I am doing, I am being led by the Holy Spirit. We have relegated the Holy Spirit to become a consultant. When everything is okay, we want to figure things out on our own. Do it the, our own way. When we're in trouble, that's when we want to go and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. It must not be. Before you even get in trouble, consult the Holy Spirit. Let every day of your life be lived by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It says when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit brings conviction that leads to transformation. The things you are struggling with, the battle between your flesh and your spirit, the challenge is you are not totally yielded. So today you are in church, fired up, you've prayed, cried. You go home, you still do the same thing. Because you've just programmed that I go to church to do that and then I come back. But you must purpose and determine that coming to church will not be like a ritual. You encounter with the presence of the Holy Spirit will be a lifestyle. Something that you experience continuously every day of your life. And let the Holy Spirit lead you. You will see things that you were struggling with, you will not struggle with anymore. There will be total transformation. You will not be wondering, how should I dress as a believer? Is this right or wrong? Should I be in this relationship or not? Is this the right thing to do in a relationship or not? You will not have to struggle. The Holy Spirit will set the standards for you. You'll be exposed to all kinds of temptations. There's an opportunity to get money dubiously at work. The Holy Spirit will tell you, it is not right. Full stop. Non-negotiable. You will not have to say, no, but this money, it's not necessarily that we're getting from work. It's actually our money, but there's just, no, there's nothing like that. If it's not acceptable by the standard of the Holy Spirit, it is non-negotiable. Could you lift your right hand? Pray after me, say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I yield and submit myself to the Holy Spirit. Say, oh Lord, help me to surrender to the Holy Spirit that he may lead me every day of my life. I want you right where you are with that one hand lifted. Begin to look at your life and ask yourself, how am I doing in yielding to the Holy Spirit to lead me? Some of you need to literally begin to see the things that you are struggling with right now, the places of your weakness and failure. And you know that there are things that need to change in your life. You know that that issue needs to change. And it's been a battle between the flesh and the spirit. In that silence of this moment, I want you to begin to pray and bring repentance before God. Just say, Lord, I am sorry for allowing the flesh to dominate me. Lord, I am sorry for allowing the flesh to be the one that leads me. I repent of my sins. I repent of my shortcomings, of my weaknesses. Just begin to pray that quietly. If you can, I know that some of you are not comfortable for your neighbors to hear you right now. But if I were you, I wouldn't mind what's happening right now. I would want to reconnect back to the true essence of my being. Shalarabati. 
Make this a very personal moment where you make a decision that I want to live in the spirit. Enough of the flesh dominating me. I've allowed the soul and the body to be the ones that lead me and yet they are easily corrupted based on where they are or what they're feeding on. But today I realize that life's battles are fought in the spirit. If I will be victorious, I must live in the spirit. I must yield to the spirit. Allow the spirit to give me true fellowship with the Father. And that through communion with the Father, I will experience everything that the Father has for me. And I will become a true reflection and an expression of the Father and his holy presence. Could you stand to your feet now? Let me ask the choir to come. Shalarabas. Oh, Rabba Shanda Laraba Sata Laraba Shetere Bebo. Jela Rabba Sanda Laraba Sheketele Rebasa. Ila Rabba Shanda Laraba Setele Bebosh. Let's go back to New Wine. Oh, Rabba Lakaraba Sanda Laraba Shai. Ila Rabba Shandele Bosa Katarababosh. Zela Rabba Shanda Larababosh. Zela raba shanda rara rabush, ora rara raba shanda rara rabush, jere jere In the crashing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the sore eye. Now surrender, you are breaking new grounds. So I yield to you and to your faithful hands. Yes. When I trust you, when I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me a vessel. Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever, Lord, you want me to be. Father, we have come. Lord, all you have given us. Jesus, renew. Renew Jesus, renew wine. Bring you wine. Jesus, bring you wine. Bring you wine out of me. Where there is new wine, there is new power. There is new freedom. Carry a new wine, Father.
That is the prayer that God wants us to pray right now. That we will be surrendered to allow God to release the best out of us. We can yield to His Spirit. We will carry true power. We will carry true fire. Could you lift your hands and pray after me? Say, Heavenly Father, make me a true carrier of your Holy Presence. Pray it one more time. Say, Holy Spirit, make me a true carrier of God's Holy Presence. I wonder if you really mean that from the heart. Because that's what God wants you to come to. A place of your true identity. That today be the day that you forsake all. And allow God to truly be dwelt in you. That you'll be a container that carries his presence. That your body, your life will become a true temple of the Lord. As many as desire that, that is what the Lord is turning you into this, this afternoon. Carriers of his presence. Men and women that will live in the spirit. A non-negotiable life. That what is standard for the spirit is standard for your life. Could you pray it one more time? Say, Holy Spirit, make me a true carrier. Of God's holy presence. Could you begin to pray that now in your personal way, in your own way right now? Make me your vessel. Make yes. me. Make me an offering. Make the number of you that just need to surrender Lord, right now, and the Holy Spirit will do the work. If you Lord, can just yield, surrender yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit oh, you to have make given us Jesus, bring, yes. bring you wine. Jesus, bring you wine. Bring you wine. Jesus, bring you wine. Bring you wine. Oh, Jesus, bring. Spirit, make me a manifestation of godly character. That's all you need to pray, some of you, right now. There is no evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in you. You are a believer, you come to church, but they know you as a short-tempered person. That one who has jealousy, that one who has envy, 
And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not evident in your life right now. You see, the measure of what is seen and what is not should not be determined by the familiarity of the type of thing. So you, you, you may not be involved in immorality, in, in adultery or anything like that. But some of you, it's really those things that need to be dealt with in your life. Anger and forgiveness. Those are the things that the Holy Spirit needs to break right now and bring you into a place of perfection. That you become a manifestation of godly character. When people see you, they see a true image of God. One who is made in the image and likeness of God. I refuse that will be people that fake Christianity. That on one day we are showing the world that we are the most holy people. But behind the scenes we are doing everything that contradicts the very essence of who we are. My prayer for us today is we'll be true believers that walk in spirit and in truth. Lift your hands one more time and pray. Say, Holy Spirit, make me a manifestation of godly character. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done and all that you continue to do. Lord, we pray that even as we have heard, may we yield ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Father God, that may our lives be an example to others. May our lives, Father God, be lived in complete obedience to you. Holy Spirit, lead us this week. Holy Spirit, lead us throughout the rest of this year. We pray that may we also encounter the God factor. Lord, I pray for each and every person who, come, who came here this afternoon with a specific need. Lord, I pray that may you touch them and meet them at that particular need. I speak a blessing on each and everyone who has come. It is in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. We pray that you are blessed. We hope that you can join us for the next episode. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Joshua Generation BLCI.